And now a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is presented by Early Bird. Early Bird is the simplest way for parents, family, and friends to collectively invest in a child's financial future, starting at the earliest age. Early Bird's mobile app empowers parents and families to start saving for their child's financial future in a matter of minutes. While activating a child's broader community to give contributions on birthdays, holidays, and any occasion, this is how you can do that. For me, I wish we had this kind of thing when I was younger, as I am the oldest of three kids, and it would have been a great opportunity to learn how to save, and I cannot wait to do this with my nephew. My nephew is turning 10 this year, and he gets money every year for birthdays and Christmas, and this would be a great way for him to learn to save and to invest in his future. So today we're teaming up with Early Bird to give our listeners a free $15 investment gift to your child you love. Simply go to partners.getearlybird.io slash podcast or the link in our show notes. Download the app and create an account today. Early Bird, build the nest and invest in the the children you love. What's up, Bookworms? It's your host, Stevie. What's up, guys? It's MJ. It's a little late where we're recording, but uh, it's totally worth it because I'm super excited to chat with this author. Um, Nothing has really changed for me from yesterday since I talked to you guys. Um, Nothing like that. However, I will will go ahead and say that we have a giveaway going that will be when tomorrow... We will be posting a giveaway. Uh, well, you can't say tomorrow because this will go up Friday and the giveaway will probably be over by then. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Well, <laughs> um, okay. Well, it's going to go over Friday, okay? And we're going to post the episode in the morning. And so maybe- we'll just end it Saturday. So everybody just just go look for it on Friday. It will be open Yeah. until we Saturday. Currently going on with this with Liza James. And if you go enter, you have a chance to win- not one, but two signed paperback copies of her phenomenal Pandora's box series. Female, female, the covers are beautiful. So make sure, and go, vibe. Yeah, make sure you go check those out. That kind of thing. Super amazing. Um, but other than that, I'm, 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 I'm not doing anything. So Stevie, what's going on in the book world? Um, not much. I am currently reading Perfect Embrace by Kaylee Ryan which is an arc, um, and it's part of the Mason Creek series um, that multiple authors have come together to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty cool. Every book features a new couple, but all the couples are, like, intertwined. That's cool. I really just thought your power just flickered. No. Look, <laughs> Look shit over here is not, like, working for me today luckily my wi-fi is back on so i don't have to leave yet uh it's been storming the last hour so so if stevie cuts out i'm taking over by yourself again yeah all alone no one beside me here she goes again it's it's carpool karaoke (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so sorry continue um also if any authors are going to love in boulder in april please let us know we are we have decided we are going we're going that 100 love in boulder in april 2022 is definitely the sign one of the signings that we're going to go to the other ones are to be determined 
we're currently considering that one and Shameless Con because I have a friend in Orlando that we can stay with. Yeah. <laughs> and I definitely want to get the folder because uh, your girl Penelope Douglas is there. And yeah, I just, you may or may not see us in October at Love in Vegas. It's it's kind of, we're, we're working on some things. Yeah, may or may not. We shall see. We shall see about that. But other um, than that, we're just, we're just gliding along. Yeah. Also, uh, if you don't know, we have a Patreon. So make sure you guys go check out that. Um, even if you don't donate to the Patreon, which is fine. Uh, make sure to leave us a like uh, or a review on Amazon or Spotify, wherever you listen to iTunes, <laughs> iTunes, whatever you listen to, and tell tell people about us. We want we want to be friends with new people. Okay, right. And if you're an author and you would like to come on the podcast, guess what? You can go to our Instagram and click our link tree. There is an interest form there. Not to and mention, you can listener, hang out with us. If you're a listener and there's an author who you're just like, God, I would love to know, you know, what she does and why she does it. Let us know. Like, let us know authors that you want to listen to, and we will try our damnedest. But I will warn you now, Penelope Douglas has told us no. <laughs> yeah, just because they make her anxious, and I don't want to talk about it. I don't blame her. It makes me sad. There's a couple authors who told us no, but that's only due to their personal, like, anxieties, and that is completely understandable. I get it. Even I, I wasn't too keen on doing this at first either, but. <laughs> even though I cried, it's fine. I still love her, so it's fine. Um, but other than that, I think that is, is that everything? Um, also, because this is probably one of the last few times you'll hear me say this, we have an announcement coming. It is coming, it is coming, it is coming. You're just like waiting. You're just like- July 14th, I can finally announce it. And if you are a blogger and you want to be a part of announcing it, just shoot me a message. I would love to have you sign up and help me because- Listen, this is a big deal. Like, I'm pretty sure if this was an in-person event, it would sell out. Oh, I definitely, I definitely think so. So just know that even though it's not in person and it's virtual, um, you're going to want to, you're going to want to know about it. Yep. You are. All right. Is that it? It sure is. All right. I'm going to go ahead and read the bio for the lovely Liza James, who we're going to be talking to today. Liza James writes contemporary new adult romance novels. In between writing countless novels, you can find her writing, taking photos, making coffee, or spending time with her family. Without further ado, let's go chat. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to have you. Welcome, Liza James, to the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I've been super excited for this episode because, honestly, like, I've just like needed to talk to you about these books because I've got (laughs) (laughs) I've got I've got problems okay oh gosh um and I have I literally from reading vibe I think I read it like when it first came out and like I have been like so obsessed and like frothing at the mouth for like the next one I was like oh my god when is this lady gonna release this next book like I need it immediately so I have been super excited to talk to you um and Stevie's had to hear me uh talk about how excited I was for like the past two weeks so it's fine I'm so excited and I'm so glad that you read them and enjoyed them um vibe is like you know it's kind of like my book baby so I'm really excited that you left it it's a it's a a very phenomenal book baby so we're gonna jump right into it um 
this is the book one in the Pandora's box series, which I love the fucking, like, the series name. I was like, that's fucking iconic. Um, so where did you get this idea for this, like, dark, twisty, girl, girl book series from? Yeah, oh, that's a really good question. Um, well, first of all, uh, have you read, um, you, have you read any of my other books other than, um, no. Vibe and Hush? The first two that I read. So um, Pandora's Box is the club from the very first book that I released in March of 2020, I think, um, yeah. that Paranormal series. And so that was kind of how the club name and like the duet name came about. Um, but the FF, like Vibe itself was born out of the, you know, when you meet someone and um, you don't know them, you've never met them before in your life, but you have like an instant connection with them. Like Absolutely. you just feel you've known them. Yeah. So that was um, really where Vibe started. I had met three um, women, honestly, in 2020 that each impacted my life in very different ways. Yeah. And so Vibe was really based out of that connection where you can meet people online and have never met them in person before, but still feel connected to them on a totally different level. Literally same. Oh my God. This book world has introduced me to so many women that I've never physically seen in my entire life, but I've never felt more closer to people ever. Yeah. Ever. So like I get yeah. that spiritual level um so I think this book for it was like a psychedelic high and I've done psychedelics so I know what that's like okay so like this book was like oh, oh my god I have like no words like it literally the entire no pun intended the entire vibe of this book like was dark and twisty and it was just like it was like it was like when you smoke weed and then you like lay out under the stars that's what I felt like when I was <laughs> That's what I felt like when I was reading this book. So I, I loved it. So what I love most was these two girls, like Ruby. And how do you freaking say her name? I'll make sure I say it right. Is it Aura? Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. that's perfect. Fuck, I'm going to fuck this up. I'm going to say it wrong. Anyways, <laughs> that's okay. Such anti-hero, or I guess in this case, anti-heroine characteristics. And I feel like in a lot of female-female romances, that's not like a thing. And I think that's what I liked most about it. And like our vibe girl and mystery dancer are like to die for. So. Who inspired these characters for you? Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see. <laughs> She's like, oh God, I don't know if I want to answer this publicly. Um. So I feel like. Um. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I I don't feel like this is a secret because it's literally at the front of. Um, vibe but the dedication to it was to technically I call her my mystery girl and and um, no one knows who she is she's she's just a friend that I made um, in 2020 that was like this beam of light yeah. like you know when you meet someone and they're um, very spiritual and they just teach you so much about you know what I mean about life and about living and about your awareness and about like how to cope and process and work through all of these different things and like face a lot of your own internal work that was her for me yeah um and I just felt connected to her on such a different level and so <clears throat> she was the one who initially inspired um all of that but it's like generally inspired by obviously that that type of connection and the other people that I had met this year um, Aura was largely inspired by uh, myself, actually, and my upbringing. 
Um, and kind of like what I felt like I was going through in that moment. Yeah. Liza, why are we not fucking friends? <laughs> why are we not friends? Okay. I do not know we're friends now. Listen to me, lady. Okay, so first of all, Stevie, Stevie, who is who is your spiritual guide? I am literally, okay, so I'm the youngest in our group, right? However, yep. I am like the Chapman, is that what it's called in the MC thing, where it's like a spiritual guide, because like, that's my vibe. I'm not religious, but I'm very spiritual, so like, I read yes. tarot and all that vibe. That's my shit, so. You've done my past vibe. life reading. Yeah, I do. <laughs> what the? Stuff. Yeah. I was not, I, what is that? So, oh God, I feel like we could talk about this forever, but in, in short terms, a soul, I mean, depending on what you believe and I mean, if you're religious, that's fine. Don't come for me. Everybody has their beliefs. Basically, if you believe in like reincarnation at all, um, a soul has this thing called an Akashic record, which is basically every single interaction that soul has made over an entire lifetime. And your Akashic records are almost like, I call it a filing cabinet. And so when you do a past life read, it's like reaching into that filing cabinet and pulling a piece from where that soul was at some point in life at wherever. So that's what passed. Wow. Yeah. That's so, amazing. I was a man. Stevie was a guy. Wow. I want to know these things. That is so cool. Cat was a man too. Cat was a man. Yeah. K Money and JC were both girls. I was a dude too, so it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. I always wow. knew past lives. However, um, yeah, I'll totally do one for you if you ever want one. You just message me when you're free. Absolutely. Um, however, I got like slightly off track talking about that shit. Okay. However, um, no, I I and I, I think you can feel that when you read this book, that it's a very, very like spiritually guided and like connective like story, because that's how I feel like Ruby and Ara are. Like, it's genuinely, it's like one of those things where it's like that Insta connection. I think you did such a good job. It's not like Insta physical connection where it's like lust. Like, of course they have that. But it's yeah. like the connection, like physical, like spiritually, like inside. And I literally, yeah. I was like, oh my God, not me like having a mental breakdown four chapters. <laughs> of book. So, okay. So this is okay. where we're going to get into some deep shit. Okay. So. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. As someone who found out they were bisexual very young, like I was my first, my first like crush was a girl. So I knew that I liked both genders. And I mean, technically I feel like I should be call myself pansexual because I really just genuinely don't care. Like I get asked. Okay, wait, wait, hold on. Okay. As I was saying, <laughs> so, um, so as someone who found out they were bisexual when they were super young, my first crush was a girl. And so, and I should say that I'm like, I mean, technically I should say I'm pansexual. I just feel like in the world, it's like much easier to say bisexual because it's a lot easier for people mm -hmm. to understand and grasp. But I mean, it doesn't matter to me, honest. Like it does, like, it's not like a, like, it's not like a preference. Like if I met somebody that was a guy and I like loved them, I would love them the same if they were a girl. So gender yeah. is like, it's, it doesn't fucking bother me. So and my dad at the time that I really started to, I guess it's like middle school where you really like hormones start to kick in. And that's when you really start to like realize like who you like and what you're attracted to. And my dad was married to this ultra, ultra religious lady. And I felt yeah. so, I felt so connected to Aura when I was reading. I mean, obviously not to the extent she did because I was not a part of a cult. But yeah, yeah. So connected to her I cried like a baby when I was reading this because I know what it feels like to feel so like unworthy and like trapped in like who you are and to not feel like what like to feel so 
damned for loving somebody something that's supposed to be like pure and happy is so like dark inside of you and it's awful and like I know what it felt like to be her and I was like oh my god this book is fucking me up emotionally this is digging up shit it should not be digging up okay I feel that honestly (laughs) therapy so yeah the idea that people can condemn people or a person based on like actions of the heart just never made sense to me growing up. And so this story was so beautifully handled and just coming from somebody who's from the LGBT community, like, thank you. Like how amazing that you handled this book. It was so great. So where did you get the idea of her coming from like a religious cult? Like you didn't just say like, oh, let's make her parents religious. Let's like have this bitch be in a cult. <laughs> oh my goodness okay first of all thank you so much for saying all of that because um that means literally absolutely everything to me um and when you say you identify with certain aspects of it it's always so bittersweet when people say that to me because I love that and especially I write from um like my feelings and experiences not obviously not my exact experiences but like my emotions and um in that the fact that anyone else can read it and relate to it in any way it it like feels like they're relating to me in a way you know what I mean and I love that and it is just a beautiful thing but it's also especially in the case of vibe is a really fucking sad thing and a really really hard thing you know so I just appreciate you so much saying that um and also I'm sorry that you even had to go through uh, anything remotely similar or in relation to, uh, their story and vibe. Yeah. Um, but anyways, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna cry on this podcast. I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> I was literally cheering up as you were talking. I was I like, I'm just, not, I'm just gonna be one, crying. <laughs> one time on this fucking podcast, I'm not fucking doing it again. Don't. <laughs> just kidding. Please do. Because crying is like, oh my, that's my thing. I love it when people give me their emotions. <laughs> all right so anyways go ahead okay um so uh I grew up in a uh very very religious home and um my family has always been non-denominational Christian and to me that was like very normal growing up like I didn't know anything outside of that um but I remember being in high school and having these like (sighs) random thoughts okay like oh my gosh, I don't even know if I can say this, but it's like when you're around people and you have friends or whatever, and you think for a split second, you're like, I think, I think I could kiss her or something, you know, but uh, immediately, like I was also a part of youth group. I like wanted to be on the worship team at one point. Um, I was like, you know, doing all these like churchy evangelical things. And, um, I uh, immediately would be afraid and think, I'm going to be abandoned by my family. Um, I'm going to be kicked out of my church. Um, and not, not to say that, um, like my family had ever necessarily said that. Okay. But obviously when you grow up in like a purity religious culture, you know, the standards that are set in that kind of a setting, you know? Um, and at my church, I had seen people get kicked out for like, get kicked out of leadership or whatever for being bisexual or homosexual or, um, Like I would have friends who I remember talking to a girl one time and she said that her friend came to her and told her that she was bi. And she said, I cannot be friends with you until you like figure out what is going on with you. And I thought, wow, I I will never in my life be attracted to women. Don't you start crying. (laughs) 
if you cry, you're gonna make me cry and do not no, make me cry. I'm, like, I'm, I'm trying not to right now, but the tears are coming. I'm like holding them. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's so hard. And it's just, it's terrifying. And um, even in my relationship for the majority of my life, I would have this fear and I would, oh my gosh, this is so ridiculous. Um, but I would say one of my like darkest fears is that I'm going to wake up one day and be a lesbian and then I'm going to lose everyone in my life. Yeah. So ironic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, and so, and people would be like, that's like a very strange fear to have. Like people don't usually have that fear. And I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. I can't explain it. And then, um, 2020 hit. And when you meet people and you're like faced with experiences that you've never felt or dealt with before it, you have no control of it at that point. You know what I mean? No, except to deal. And how do you deal when you grow up in a religion and purity culture that teaches you all of these things are wrong. You deal in really bad ways, honestly, because you can't cope. Yeah. I'm, so that was the call, honestly. I literally, hold on, I'm gonna, I'm getting emotional. So, uh, so like, no, I, oh my God, like hearing you talk about that, it just makes my, it makes my heart hurt so bad. And you just think about like all of the other people who go through similar experiences in life like that. And it's like, okay, so I'm currently in like, I guess, like you would say, like a socially acceptable relationship, right? But like throughout my life, like I've been in multiple relationships with women. So it's not like I've ever, it's not like I've not had to deal with like the prejudice that comes with that. And especially because, oh God, here we go. The tears. Okay. So especially because <laughs> my dad and I are super close, right? And growing up yeah. before he remarried this crazy ass lady, before he married her, like my dad was not a very religious person. And the thing is, is like religion has been the best thing that's ever happened to my dad ever. Like he got sober because of religion. Like it's the best thing that's ever happened to him. And it was the worst thing that had ever happened to me. And so yeah. it scared the immortal shit out of me because my dad was like my best friend, you know? And it was like, he was doing so well with this religion. And it was like tearing me apart. Cause I was like, oh God, see you. Yeah. Cause I was like, oh, I, I was like, here I am. Like, I love my dad and I love what, you know, Jesus has done for him. But like, all yeah. it's made me do is hate myself. And so yeah. it was so, it was awful having to like hide who I was from like the person that I felt like was my best friend in the whole world. And mm. so then I graduated high school and I moved in with my best friend and I had like a wild fucking two years of my life. And I just remember that. And I got really, cause my, my mom's side of the family is very spiritual. My parents are divorced, but my mom's side of the family is very spiritual. And I really just became in tune with like who I was and like my spirituality and like how I felt about people. And I just told him, I was like, yo dog. I was like, I like girls and guys. So like, that's a thing. And I have like dated women in the past. Like you didn't know it, but I like dated women. And he was like, okay, like, I love you. And so I could never mm. what it would be like to tell my dad that and him for to have like the complete opposite reaction. Like, yeah, the fear inside yeah. is like there. Oh my God. It's like 11 p.m. and I'm fucking crying, bro. Like, what is this like? See, this is what I'm saying. I knew this Oh shit. my gosh. I love it. I love, I mean, I, I'm sorry that you're crying, but um, I just love you're how not- raw and emotional you're being right now. You're not sad I'm crying. First of all, let's just, let's just like get that. 
you're right. I do. I really do love emotions. It's my thing. <laughs> my chest just hurt, and we're only on question four. Okay, so fuck my life. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> um all right so oh my god i can't believe i just fucking cried i knew this was gonna happen when we we're talking about this shit so all right this plot was also super complex like not only did i feel like this book was like a romantic kind of thing but it was raw and i was so invested and it almost read to me in my opinion as somewhat of like a romantic thriller kind of vibe so what what made you want to give that story that type of ambience okay um wait i want to rewind for a second okay and um address everything that you just talked about yourself okay i just i just think that um your story is uh so powerful in so many different ways um and i think that a lot of people can probably very much relate to the fear of um maybe not necessarily the fear but the discomfort that comes with um, realizing these different aspects about your sexuality, not necessarily knowing how that's going to affect every other aspect of your life. And especially when it comes to family, because okay. family, you're right, is you're so close with, a lot of times, you're very close with your family. And um, it, I find it interesting that you said, and very fascinating that you say that uh, religion was so good for your dad, but so horrible for you. And I feel that on, um, another level because I do think that religion is necessary for a lot of people to be able to cope with life and to be able to make sense of things that happen that they don't like you know what I mean um to give themselves like a purpose in order to fix these things about themselves it like gives people so much meaning and purpose behind what they're doing uh it's unfortunate that in so many other ways ends up damning and damaging and hurting and destroying other people if they don't align with the same beliefs you know what I mean so I just want to say that your feelings and what you went through those experiences are so valid Um, and I'm so sorry that you did experience that but that is such a beautiful part of your story honestly and so incredible to who you are as a person today I literally love you. Like I, I'm literally, I literally love you. Like I loved you before this podcast, but I literally love you. Like, oh my gosh, I love you. Literally dead on the inside. I'm, I'm in bed. <laughs> and like, my thing is, is my dad. I feel like, um, like his religious views are very like different than I would say from. Cause grew up in the South. Like, not only was I bisexual and into girls and religious, <laughs> but I was in the fucking South. So, yeah. um. Not only there was that, but I mean, I think my dad's views of religion are like the complete opposite of what I feel like a lot of people in the town that I grew up in were like, my dad doesn't think you're going to go to hell because you're gay. And it's not like the, oh, like, I'll love you until you're straight kind of thing. It's like, I don't, I don't think that you're going to go to hell because you're gay. And I don't think that you're going to go to hell because you're, you know, like homosexual or pansexual or gender fluid or whatever. Like, I don't think that's what you're going to go to hell for. And like and he's very supportive of all of that so I just want to put oh, that I love that come from my dad good but that's but amazing he was married to complete opposite like I was going to hell bro I was yeah in my mind I was going to hell and I was like peace out then I guess I'll just be chilling next to the <laughs> conditioning I, I don't know like okay so um the like I said so the plot was really complex thank you yeah. by the way thank you by the way I really appreciate you saying that and all of your experiences as well, super valid. And like, I, 
I don't, I, I don't know, like I relate to you because we had like similar situations, but I'll never know what it feels like to feel like you did. So I just want to know, let you know, if you ever talk to anybody, if you ever feel like you don't feel valid, I am, my DMs are open. I'll talk to you. Oh, thank you so much. So anywho, moving forward, the plot was really complex, raw, and I was really invested. So it read like a romantic thriller. And I wanted to know like why you wanted to give it that type of like vibe. Um, yeah. So this question is, um, I don't have a good answer for this. I did not intend it to be a romantic thriller in any way. Yeah. Um, it's definitely at that point was the darkest book I had ever written. Um, and I honestly think that it had that kind of feel simply because 2020 was a very dark period of my life yeah. where I was addressing all of my own sexuality issues and um, not talking to anyone about them because I had no idea how to confront those issues. And I um, was in a very large state of denial for a long time and like self-loathing because of it. So I oh think God. that- Don't ever hate yourself. What? I know, I know. Yeah, it's been a long, it's been a long year, girl. <laughs> I'm here, I feel you. Um, but I think that it just ended up coming out that way because of how badly I was lost in like the darkness of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's all I can think of that would have made it that way. I think it shows a lot of confidence in who you are as a person and who you are as a writer to be able to write something dark in such like a dark period that I would say for everybody, like COVID fucked a lot of lives up, bro. And yeah. like, I think oh, to yeah. have the balls and the courage to not be like, oh, I'm going to write rom-com to make people feel good. And you were like, nope, you know what? We're going to, we're going to, we're going to wallow in the darkness. Bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate the confidence that you had to write it. And I'm so glad that you fucking did, bro, because this book is amazing. And I feel like oh, I'm so glad. So many people who will read this book will connect to not not just Aura, but you know Ruby too. And I think that like I feel like everybody kind of needs a Ruby. Like I feel like if you are, I feel like if you're trying to, and not even like on a romantic level, right? I feel like I I feel like a lot of people who struggle with their sexuality and like are confused in life, right? They need like a Ruby to not not necessarily be a romantic partner, but to be the kind of person yeah. where it's like the love that you feel no matter the gender is fine. Like, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, everybody needs a Ruby and I, yeah. I love the book. So chef kisses to you, all the stars. Um, oh, thank you. So moving to Hush, um, mm-hmm. Kay and Calypso. Now, can I just fucking say I have a rat and her name is Calypso. So I fucking love. Really? <laughs> I do. And I, I'll send you a picture. She's sleeping right now. I don't want to wake her up. And she's about to wake up in about an hour because it's her time to play. But um, yeah, I have a rat. Her name is Clipso. And so I fucking love That's this. That's so cool. The coolest thing fucking ever. Okay. So she is such a warrior of a character, like badass to another level. And I just want to know, like, who inspired her for you? Oh my goodness. I, first of all, I'm so glad that you love Calypso um, because I, oh my gosh. Okay, first of all, I love Calypso. Oh my gosh, I love Calypso. Yeah. Um, she, I have moments though, writing her and writing Kay, where I was like, I literally want to punch both of you guys in the fucking face right now, okay. you know? Um, my question. It's like, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's a very difficult. It was like a hard space to be because I'd be like, what 
are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, Calypso, let's get your shit together yeah. and fucking knock this off. And don't you dare do whatever it is you're about to fucking do. Um, I actually think that Calypso was... Okay, also, I feel like I need to say this. My characters are largely based off of me and whatever I'm I'm feeling. Um, like, these different phases of my life, okay? Yeah. Um, even Meant for More, which was the... It, I mean, it wasn't a dark romance. It was a sports romance. That was absolutely, like largely what I was feeling at the time um the thing about Calypso is that she she feels everything all of it to a disgusting level you know and that tends to be my problem a lot of the time is that I um feel far too much and I feel like that's a really cliche I was thinking Calypso cliche thing to say um but when you are when you are like that it it can be to a toxic level where it just affects every single thing about you and um I so badly wish that I could just numb myself off sometimes to feeling so many different things which is essentially what uh, I loved about Calypso was that um she used vices to not feel anything at all if she was fucking sick of feeling it you know what I mean um but she also wait say that again I said everybody just needs to smoke Oh my gosh. Yes. I agree with this, but also I, um, am shit at getting high. Like I wish I could get high, but I can't, I have horrible anxiety. Like I spiral into this really bad place when I get high, but I wish I could like clip. So I wish I could do whatever the fuck I wanted. You need to try edibles. Listen, you need to try my, that's all I've had. That's all I've had. All right, listen, listen. Okay, I don't know when you'll ever be in North Carolina or when we'll ever be in the same fucking place where it's a legal, it's a legal state to smoke pot. But I'm coming. I'm, I, I'm from Oregon. Oh my, ah, oh my God, I want- Come to me. Ah, oh my God. Don't play, I will literally book a flight tomorrow. Don't play. I ain't, I ain't playing games, girl. Fucking Come visit me. DV, what is the one place where the two places I want to live? Where are the two places I want to live? I want to live in Oregon or I'm gonna live in Canada. There's like no in between. Wow! So. I feel like that's that's literally the best. We can go to Oregon and then we can go to Canada. Exactly. <laughs> she literally was talking to an author the other day about moving to Vancouver. Yeah, literally. It's Vancouver or Oregon. Like I am playing no games with people. Oh wow. Actually, I'm actually writing a whole fucking series of books that's based there right now because I love it so much. And my aunt Lala lives there, so love it. Anyway, so I love it. Anyways, if you if we're ever in the same place where it's a legal place to smoke weed um you need to try my weed she so. needs to just come to Cal- okay. colorado with us yeah we're going to love <laughs> when i'm sign me up i'm coming it's we're going to love and boulder going to love and boulder april 23rd of 2022 oh my gosh i thought you were gonna say like next week i was like i don't think i'll be able to make that but april of 2022 yeah. Fuck yeah sign me up i'll be there look we're getting an airbnb we're gonna have a blast we're dragging cat with us for real, cat's gonna be coming. I'm literally coming. I'm coming. Literally, do it. I'm not joking. Like no games, no games at all. But you need to try my weed. Okay. You, I don't make okay. it. But you need to smoke with me. I'm. You can ask anybody that's ever smoked with me in my life. I'm the best person in the world to smoke with. It does not matter if you're like so depressed that you're like on the verge of like unaliving yourself. You smoke pot with me, and I am the best person ever. And I, I have PTSD, so I do edibles medically. Like I have a medical card, so I do edibles medically. But like smoking actual weed, I do recreationally, but uh, it's, 
yeah it's just a good time you'll have a great time I promise I'm so here for it I'm here for it I'll give it another try the last (laughs) time I smoked weed it was a bad night so (laughs) (laughs) okay so um this is enemies to lovers and I felt like you yeah this is like like bro like this is not just like light enemies lovers like these bitches hate each other dude so like I loved, loved it. And it was a story about how their love has been broken over and over again because these, because I literally want to strangle these two characters. And like the mm-hmm. end is to die for. And I just like the plot of this book, like where did it come from? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, first of all, I love, I love the things that you point out about this book because there are things that I don't, I did not even think of, honestly. One, like the fact that their love has been broken, that makes it sound so poetic. And I think that's so, and really I'm thinking, wow, I'm glad it came off like that. <laughs> um, but what, okay, at the beginning of that question, you said, um, what, oh, the enemies to lovers thing, I just wanted to touch on. Um, I'm going to be honest and say, I did not intend it to be as enemies to lovers as it was, you know, like, um, and I have had very split, which this is so understandable, but very split reviews on it, because um, if you like, if you genuinely love enemies to lover, lovers, you fucking love it, because it's, hard enemies to lovers oh yeah if you're iffy about enemies to lovers you fucking no. hate it <laughs> you're like this is trash <laughs> <Don't read it. laughs> I, and I didn't even realize that when I put it out I did not think this enemies to lovers is going to be the most like intense enemies to lovers ever you know oh which I don't think it is but um I, I just came across <laughs> I feel like I need to reread it myself, like from a very removed perspective and be like, what the fuck did I write? Well, we'll buddy read it as you read it. Well, buddy read it again. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. That sounds good. Um, the plot, I would say, um, came out of nowhere, honestly. I knew things that I wanted to incorporate. Like I knew that, um, okay, so can I give spoilers on here? Go ahead. Okay. Spoiler alert. I knew that. Co- <laughs> Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> I knew that um, Calypso's sister was, which I, you'll have to tell me if, I mean, I feel like it's obvious, but there was also something in Vibe that I don't think is obvious to people, but um, that Calypso's younger sister is the girl that Ara shot during her initiation ceremony. Yeah. Okay, so um, I knew I wanted that to be the case, mm-hmm. and I knew I wanted genital mutilation in here somewhere. <laughs> I know that's so fucked. I know it is. Um, but that was basically all I had to go off of. And um, I <laughs> need to like figure out. A shooting in an initial. <laughs> oh, God. oh, God, I love you. This is great. Okay. Sorry. I know. I knew that I wanted um, Lip to be a drug addict. And, um, but I, I, and I knew K and Lip's roles, like sexually. I knew that K was going to be the more dominant one in like real life, but Lip was going to be the one who took control in sex. So it was like little pieces like that, that I knew, but I did not know the plot fucking for shit. I just, that shit just kind of came out the way it did. Man, you just went with it. Well, I will say that the way that it read, it read that you had like plotted everything out because I feel like everything tied together in like a little like a fucked up little bow, but it tied up. And like, I, so there were times when I was reading them that Lip and Kay were like unlikable. Like, it's not that I didn't like the book, it's just that these characters were unlikable. 
and I yeah, would yeah, yeah. scream at them. Like I wanted to be like, you stubborn, deceitful ladies. Like I'm literally going to punch yeah. you. And you didn't shy away from it. Like you embraced it and you still made these two. And I, and it is so um, like shows how amazingly talented you are that I, I did not like these characters at points. And you made these two of some of my most cherished characters ever. And. Oh, I was so glad. I was so glad. So it's like a testament to like you and your writing ability. And there was like, I don't even I don't even know how to explain it and, and I mean anybody that asked me like a recommendation on this book it's just like it's a journey of like not liking these characters and like you embrace the fact that they were not nice to each other and they were not nice yeah. to other people and you yeah. still made people love them because it was like true to how human nature is and I was like fuck yeah this is amazing so so much like vibe like it's different, like different from vibe in that where vibe yeah. was like emotional liberation. And this was about owning, owning like the broken pieces of who you are and like owning yeah. up like what you are and who you are. So how different were these two for you than Ruby and Aura? Um, wow. Wow. I just want to say this is the best conversation I feel like I've <laughs> ever had about these books in my life. <laughs> you're just making me feel so fulfilled right now I like I am so fulfilled <laughs> I'm so glad I'm so glad um okay Ruby and Ara I want to say they were like a a whirlwind of passion and desire and um like confusing need for each other yeah which I love about that that is like that's my fucking jam I love that shit um, K and Lip, um, came from, uh, just, I was in a very, a very angry place in my own life, like personally, you know, and I honestly did not intend that to come through in the story. Vindictive and spiteful because that's what was, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm just gonna fucking, and it's so hard because you know when you're on um social media like people don't see everything else that's going on no one no one was like right there seeing the after effects of vibe on my life you know what I mean and like the ways that it dismantled um things that had been a part of my life for the last decades of my life um and I think that instead of embracing a lot of those things especially as someone who grows up in you know the the ways that we grew up in you kind of immediately uh, reverse into like this afraid position where you say okay this isn't me I'm gonna change everything about myself I don't feel these ways I don't think these things you know what I mean and so then you backtrack and everything keeps spiraling out of control because then you're fighting with yourself along with everyone else around you um and Kay and Lip came from really that place of how ironic. Now that we're talking about this, I, these are the things that I don't even realize myself as I'm fucking writing it until you bring it up and now we're talking about it. And I'm like, wow, I wrote Vibe when I was discovering all these new pieces about my sexuality and was really confused. And then I was writing um, Hush when I felt like I had to hide all of those pieces. And when I was in this place of fucking hating myself for so much, you know what I mean? And the fact that you say there's stories about embracing these broken parts of you, I'm like, wow, where the fuck did that come from? I fucking love that. 
So it's like, congratulations, you own, you're owning the broken pieces of yourself. Also, Stevie said the reason that her thing is she stepped away to check her internet. Um, so that's why her thing is there. However, um, no, like congratulations on owning the pieces of you, like owning the broken pieces of you. I feel like that's Thank the you. biggest thing in life is I, I think the, sh- the strongest people are the people who can know that they're broken and, and own those, like own those pieces. Like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a slightly bipolar PTSD riddled bisexual and I love myself. Okay. So fuck off. Yeah. So like, I think that, I think that these two characters embrace those emotions very well and congratulations, two phenomenal books. So what's next for you in the Pandora box series or just next for you in general? Um, okay. I have no idea what exactly is coming next. I am in this place of trying to figure out exactly what, like my author, what, (laughs) what'd you say? I said, figuring out what stage of life you're in. I feel like we're going through the five stages of grief with you. Are there going to be like five books? I feel like that's what's going to happen. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I will say that that Pandora's box isn't technically supposed to have any other books. It is supposed to be done with those two. I know. Um, However, so many people have asked me for um, Skia's story. Yeah. So many people. Yeah. And so I I went, this is the thing. I have a, um, a book plan for the end of the year for this anthology piece. I'm not saying for sure this is going to happen. Um, but Pandora's box is obviously tied into my, uh, paranormal series. Mm-hmm. And so I sometimes consider giving Skia her own book and melding her into my paranormal series for that one at the end of the year. Okay. But I'm not sure. We'll see what fucking happens, you know? Yeah. Um, but I will say that writing FF is, um, have you written FF? Not yet. I don't want to like, I'm, I'm afraid of what it'll do to me mentally. Yeah. Yeah. I would be afraid of that as well. Yeah. And I feel like the first FF book I write, like I plan on, I have a MM book planned, but I, um, and like, even though like that also deals with like homosexuality and that kind of thing, it's also distant from myself because I'm not a male, obviously, but yeah. I feel like writing FF for me is going to be very like, I know that I'll write how I felt. Like, I know I will. And I don't know, like, I feel like I go to therapy. What do you think it's going to do? It's going to What do you think it's going to do to you? I'm going to have to like, I'm going to, I'm going to be in a place that I was when I was like 13. Like, I'm going to have to unearth all of those problems. And like, I have, and I, like, I have, and I know, like, in my head, like, opening scene of, like, my first female-female book would be, like, and it's literally from my life, is, like, when I was a kid, I was 12 years old, and we, I had, like, this, we lived in this neighborhood, like, this cul-de-sac with all of these houses, right, there's a bunch of kids my age, and we would all go ride bikes, like, and, you know, do what fucking kids do at 12, right, I would ride bikes, and there was this girl in the neighborhood, and I was, like, in love with her, like, I, I, and I, like, and all the other girls, and, like, she was even talking, she's like, oh, my God, the boys are so cute, and I'm, like, I literally am in love with you, <laughs> like, I, and I just know that would be, like, the opening scene of, like, my female, female book is, like, knowing that is the moment that I was attracted to girls, and then I was, like, oh, God, like, I don't know what to do with this, because I also, yeah. like, boys. like, I also think boys are attractive, too, and, but it, I think it was the first, almost, it wasn't, like, a sexual thing, but it was the first time I ever felt, like, very, like a girl was the first person I'd ever felt very attracted to. Like I like intend like I wanted to date her. I wanted to hold her hand. And like Oh, I, I love that. 
fuck my life. And then I just knew what was like waiting at the, like waiting at home. And I knew that I couldn't, you know, like, it's difficult because you can't tell. I was afraid to tell my friends. Like I, you know, like, and you have a girl talk with your friends at sleepovers and they're like, oh my God, did you see the way that so-and-so looked at me in the cafeteria? And, you know, they're talking about how they like these people. And I'm like, oh God, I don't even, I can't tell you guys this because I don't think that I'm going to be accepted because I don't feel accepted in my own home. Why would I expect you yep. guys to accept me? So I think it's, it'll unearth a lot of feelings that I really just don't, like I've, I don't want to say I've moved on from, but I've kind of tried to let go. And I know that I'll have to go back there. I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of shit. Liza, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, I feel that so hard. And I think that um, those are such valid fears. in um one writing ff but also when you say you're growing up and i i imagine i didn't have moments like that when i was really young um because i was just very very conditioned to believe certain ways and and immediately kick those kinds of things from my head or i make jokes about them that's like another thing is i cope a lot by making jokes which is a very unfortunate such like i have such like degrading humor against myself it's not even funny yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to, oh my gosh, this is a horrible joke and I hate even saying this. Um, but I remember when I was young, these girls would, I just randomly throughout my life, these girls would have crushes on me and I'd find out. And I jokingly be like, oh my, I just attract all the lesbians kind of a thing. How ironic that I was just like, honestly, I was punching myself in the fucking face every time I did that. Um, but you know, you just, you don't, what no joke I'm gonna tell this publicly I don't I like like literally gonna throw up but like Shauna gives me such a hard time because I have such a girl crush on you and she like literally I'm not even joking I'm not even joking like okay so like Kat and Shauna and CV give me like shit for it and like they'll be like when I was getting on the podcast Kat was like oh calm down you're gonna be fine don't be nervous I'm like listen it's like you getting on the podcast with like somebody that you're like somebody you think is attractive like 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 how would you feel you'd be nervous too and like oh my gosh I love you Shauna all the time will like message me. She's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna text Liza that you got a crush on her. And I'm like, I will literally fucking, I will kill you. Like I will kill you. Stop! <laughs> I will literally kill you. Like don't do that. Maybe vomit. But now she can, because I said it, I owned it publicly. It's fine. So I it, love it so much. I literally Thank you so much. That makes me literally, you just like, honestly, you're speaking to my heart right now. Like, oh my goodness. I just love you. I literally love you too. And like, it's just, <laughs> Yeah. So it's fine. It's whatever. Okay. So I, but yes, I, I think that that's true. I think you had like, I think you had radar. I think you had like, I think you had like a magnetic radar. Yeah, I did. And then, then, you know, yeah. So you just make jokes about it. And, and I think that writing FF, um, especially for people like us, it does force you into this place. I did not, not with any intention, wrote vibe thinking, I said, wow, I have this really bomb ass connection with, with these really cool ass people this year that I feel like I've known in past lives or whatever. And I just love that. And I'm just going to write about it because this inspires me for an FF. And then I got into the thick of it and I thought into the thick of it, there's something else. Yeah, literally. (laughs) I I fucking love TikTok. So don't even (laughs) literally same, 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 same. So this was like, oh my God, I feel like this first half of this conversation was just like fucked me up emotionally. I have crushed, I have like publicly talked about my fucking childhood trauma, some of it. And like, I literally can't deal. I can't, I can't deal with it. Dude, and like, this is the best podcast. 
this has been awesome. And I mean, people on the pod, like I'm very like out, like I'm very proud of like my sexuality and I don't really care um, who knows or whatever. So like podcast, like the people on the podcast obviously know that I'm bisexual. It's a thing. And, but I don't think I've ever publicly talked about like any of that stuff. So like, Lord God, nobody come for me on the interweb. So, oh my uh, gosh we are going to it's your fault it's your book's fault i knew this was gonna fucking happen bro i knew it so (laughs) (laughs) moving on to writing questions um when did you first realize that you wanted to be a writer also the reason stevie's not talking her internet is being really fucky and so that's why and i just want to let everybody know that that it's not because i'm hoarding liza so (laughs) when did you first realize that you want to be a writer or an author Oh my gosh, you make me laugh so hard. Um, okay, I actually wanted to be an author when I was a kid. Like when I was very, very young. Ironically, I wrote um, like a Christian children's book when I was a kid. Um, you know, like in the midst of all that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that was my first thing of being like, I want to be an author. And my mom went and had the book um, illustrated by our friend who's a phenomenal artist. She illustrated the entire thing. Um, and then, and then I grew up and then I wanted to be an actress and a singer and all those kinds of things. Oh my and God, then I decided to, no, I love okay, it. Let's not, let's be not, so I, have, I have moments, be so. I have moments. <laughs> you could be an actor. Why is that your thing? No, no, I don't sing, you but singers? no, I'm not, I'm not that I don't, I like singers. I just like artistic people in general. So Oh, I was just yeah. gonna say I'll, I'm I'm gonna record a video later. I'll sing you a song and I'll. Send oh my it god, you. you have to! No, I have to. No, sing. I'm not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be so mad. I'm gonna be so mad. I'm gonna be so mad. No. Oh my god. You have to be an actress. You could definitely be an actress. I think you could do that. So don't necessarily give up on that. <laughs> you know, one day I I still think about those things. I'm like, maybe I'll fucking do something one day but um in 2019 I was like at this place in my life where um I thought wow I have no fucking clue who I am and how old was I in 2019 I was 28 27 mm-hmm. maybe J- turning 28 um but I was like I have nothing in my life that is my own passion, my own creativity, my own love for something um, outside of the life I was like living in the current moment. And it scared the fuck out of me, honestly, that I was almost 30 and I had nothing for myself. Um, And that's not to discredit. Also, I just want to say the good things that you have in your life that you absolutely love and the things that you adore, whether you're um, a wife or a mom, or you're working a nine to five, or you're you know, whatever it is you're doing, that's not to discredit any of that. But I think that there is something powerful in finding um, one, a way that you express art for yourself. And two, finding these pieces of yourself that um, are outside of like the logistics of life. You know what I mean? Um, So I started writing a book that that um, people don't read. I don't talk about it. I don't ever have it listed anywhere. I, I will rewrite it. Huh? Let me read it. Let me read it. Listen. <laughs> Let me read it. Actually, they have, okay, everyone who's listening now, that all those characters from that book that I'll rewrite at some point in my life have cameos in Hush. Oh my God. So um, 
it's actually Cade and Emma's story is the very it's first book that I wrote. Fucking book. <laughs> Bro, I'll read the fuck out of it. I don't even care. I don't care. Okay, Not I'll send it to you. I have paperbacks of it, honestly. I'll just send you a fucking paperback. Oh my God. It'll be like on the center of my shelf. It'll go right next to the other two. Oh my gosh. Okay. Please do. <laughs> I dead ass will do it. I dead ass will do it. Okay. No. Um, so yeah, no, it was just it. Honestly, that that's the end of it right there. <laughs> I mean, I think that, um, like, I mean, I think, like you said, I think there's nothing wrong with wanting to be, you know, a stay-at-home mom or you work a nine-to-five yeah. Any of that, like, I think that stay-at-home moms are fucking epic. Like, bro, I could, I don't have kids. I could fucking never. I don't know if I even want a child, but, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I could never. Yeah. It's, so cool. it's so awesome that you're able to do that. And, I mean, if you want to work a nine-to-five and that's what your passion is doing, I mean, cool. But I also agree that I think that finding the niches in your life, like, whether that be, like, crocheting or, like, yeah, making or like whatever it is I feel like there's something very powerful in discovering the pieces of yourself that you didn't know that you even had and there's no age limit to that like I hope that I'm 50 and I discover something new about myself every single day that I either like or you know don't like and so congratulations like there's no age limit on that so I'm glad that you became thank a- you I'm glad you became a- I love that so much thank you yeah I agree. And I think that, um, no matter what your passion is, like you said, if you're, if your passion is um, working the nine to five, that you're working, whatever that is, and you're yeah. being fulfilled in that, I think that there's always, um, well, one, I think that art is very important for everyone. I oh. think that every single person should experience artistic expression in some fucking way. Oh yeah. Whether that be like wine with friends or yep. like, pottery like I'm very I think I'm a very artistic I get artistic like my my fucking dad gives me shit all the time because he's like and he like the only thing I gave you was your looks because you ain't nothing like me and I'm like dad what are you even talking about like have you not met me like have you not seen my temper like I've got I got that directly from you I was like (laughs) (laughs) but like my mother's side of the family is so like each of them have their own little medium like my mom such a beautifully talented acrylic painter and my aunt Robbie uh does like pottery and my grams was like the most amazing seamstress and like crocheter you've ever met in your entire life and then my aunt Lala is very spiritual like she for a living she's like a psychic and a medium and she does like tarot readings and crystals wow I love that so I grew up around women who instilled in me at a very young age that like art was so important to your life like whether that be like reading a book or painting or so like I have like I feel I'm not I'm not great at everything okay but I do like multiple things like I like pottery and I like to paint and like shit like that so I think finding outlets in art is amazing because it's like you created that art is literally creation that's what it, that's literally what it is it's the creation of something yeah. amazing no matter what it is yeah and I think yeah. being and, and being like oh I created this shit like I did that is so fulfilling Yes, I absolutely agree. And I think that, and you tell me because I feel like you're the, you're like the spiritual expert, but um, I have always heard that creation in whichever form, okay, this includes whatever, creating art, also having sex, like, yeah. like the art of the, the what action of creation is like the most in tune with uh, spirituality and the universe and all of these things you can possibly reach because it's from what everything was born of. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So like creation is like 
it's like the it's like the the major fulfillment in life is creating. That's why people yeah. like being moms because you created a life. That's why people like having yeah. sex because I feel like subconsciously, so I have a psychology background. So like subconsciously having sex is like creating new life. It's like creating feelings, you know? And so yeah. all of that creation at the at its core is like the most fulfillment you'll ever get out of life, no matter what it is that you've created, whether that be connections or friendships or art or whatever, because- it's, it's like what started everything in life was creation. So yeah, it's amazing. Wow. I love that. So yeah. I love that. Um, also I feel like you would really enjoy that. I'm gonna have to get it off my fucking shelf. It's on the top fucking shelf. No, 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 no it's right here. Okay. So I have, show me, I think you should read this. It's called Akashic Wisdom. So I have, I have like, so my shelves are deck. my shelves are fucking sectioned by like romance, paranormal, like uh, fantasy like PNR and then like, yeah horror and spiritual so like that's all my like you can see like all my fucking shit down there on the bottom but um, I love that I have like all kinds of readings because I like reading about it too but I think you should I think you should read it it's by uh Jackie Smith and Patty Shaw and it's like the access of the library of your soul and I it's it was very like it has like lots of wisdom and very eye-opening like even if you don't believe in certain things I think it's very like um inspirational so I think you should read it also oh, I love that okay um so do you have any I feel like this podcast can be like nine hours because I can talk to you for like eight thousand days so I'm good I love this yeah so do you have any interesting writing quirks like when you sit down and write like do you like eat Twizzlers or like wear the same hoodie or anything like that um I eat Cheerios non-stop like boxes of Cheerios <laughs> Um, dry and they can't be the on-brand Cheerios they have to be the off-brand Cheerios because the on-brand Cheerios if you know what I'm talking about they have this film over them and it's gross you have to get the off-brand Cheerios they're the best and I eat them dry I eat boxes at a time okay so I don't like Cheerios don't come at me don't like Cheerios wow. this is our first fight I know right Jesus I thought it was going so God, well. damn going so well I thought this was it I thought you were the one you know we had escalated from like the first day conversation to like trauma and now here we are, are we're moving in together tomorrow honestly I know I mean shit I was talking literally talking about going to Oregon god yeah literally, literally had our first argument I don't like Cheerios and I don't like Wheaties there's just I don't even like cereal oh, I like I, toast I hate Wheaties I'm a toast and tea in the morning person that's my vibe that's what my kind jam. of tea what kind of tea um, I mean, honestly, any tea. Um, I think my favorite tea ever. It is, and it's. I get it. I get it from Carolina of California from my friend. How do you know what Knott's Berry Farm is? Yes. Okay. Knott's Berry Farm has this tea. It's called Good Tea, and it's like metropolitan, and they only make it at Knott's Berry Farm. And so I have my friend from California ship me like boxes of that shit. Oh, that sounds amazing. I also like Earl Grey because I like spicy. Um, mm-hmm. like I love Earl Grey. And then in the winter, I love peppermint tea. I don't even care if it's fucking cheesy. I don't even give a shit. But uh, I take my tea with like a little bit of almond milk and honey and that's it. And some lemon. And that's it. Um, okay. I've never had peppermint tea, but I feel like I need to try it. Um, do you have dairy at all or you don't do dairy at all? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that that's fantastic. Okay. I, that All that to say, I do do dairy. I do consume dairy. Yeah. Um, however, I think that not consuming dairy is like... Uh, 
such a higher frequency slash vibrational um, place to be and a beautiful place to be. And um, I'm all about that. Okay. Yeah. But I am going to tell you that I will steep, like I'll steam, let's say for you, it'll be almond milk. Okay. I'll steam um, like half a cup of almond milk and half a cup of water yeah. and then steep my um, tea in that, like the mostly almond milk mixture. And I, I do sugar free. So sometimes I'll add sugar free vanilla to it. Oh my God. So when are you making me this tea? Girl, come visit me I, and I, I will make you tea, tea every fucking morning. I want this tea, bro. Oh my, oh my God. I love this so much. I love tea. No, like I, so I'm not, I, I'm completely dairy free. So I just do like almond. Almond is probably my favorite. I'm not a fan of like oatmeal. It's got a really weird fucking texture. Not a fan. And I'm wow. full vegetarian. I'm almost there. I'm there. I'm almost there. Like I have meat, I would say like twice, like twice a month, mostly just because, and I just started, like I started like two, like a month, like two months ago or something like that. Cause I wanted to be yeah. vegetarian. Um, but, uh, cause I'll never be vegan. I'm so sorry, but I can never be vegan. I've, I can't, I fucking cannot bro. I like, why? Cause of cheese. Yes. That's the only mm-hmm. dairy product I consume. And I fucking love cheese and I'm Italian. So like my grandfather would fucking kill me. He would kill cheese me. Is like- America's addiction. Cheese is the ultimate American addiction. I and I guess be, Italian. Oh, he would fucking murder me. My ancestors would shoot me dead. And so like I like I like to I want to be vegetarian though. That'll be like the least that'll be the farthest I go. But and I'm like almost there. Like I still eat chicken and I eat fish, but I've cut out red meat completely. So and if you ever want to try it, seriously, like even for like three months, it's so great. It's awesome. It's like a great experience. I mean it's also awful. Yeah. You want a chicken nugget. But it's good. Yeah. It's fun. It's yeah. plant-based food is so amazing. Like you come up with some of the coolest fucking shit ever. I made spaghetti squash, like spaghetti with squash, like fucking noodles and tofu. And I'm telling you, it's the best fucking thing ever. Cause I like to cook. So like, it's the shit. Yeah. I'll cook, yeah. you make the tea. Boom. Okay. I'm down. I suck at Ooh. cooking. So I'm good with that. You make the tea. I'll make, I'll cook. Cause like, I okay. like cooking. what do you like to do when you're not writing besides making me tea? um let's see when I'm not writing what am I doing when I am not writing I went through this painting phase recently um where I was painting with all of these like high fluid acrylics and I I love doing that so sometimes I'll do that um I won't lie my my hobby lately has actually been working out like I've been I'm usually working out three hours a day which has never never been me okay so don't think that I'm like this person who has loved fitness my whole life I'm not I just, um, hit this point in my life where some people have asked me, they're like, how do you find the motivation to go to the gym? And I'm like, I don't, I'll tell you what it is. It's this general dissatisfaction over your entire life. Yeah. You know, where all of a sudden you're so dissatisfied with everything that the dissatisfaction outweighs your hatred for the gym. Um, and slowly I've ended up loving the gym. So that's honestly really what I'm usually doing. If I'm not writing, um, I'm spending time with my daughter or I'm working out. Honestly, we go to the I aquarium like a lot because, like, from the core. It's like your body is your temple, right? So if you hate everything about your life, like the first place to start is your body. So like I do yeah. meditation every single morning. I do yoga every single morning or I try to do yoga every single morning. But I do spin class, bro. Fucking love yeah. this. That shit's awesome. Yeah. That's spin. awesome. I love that. So you should try yoga or meditation. I'll send you this, I'll send um, you this on like the beginning. Send me, send me it. 
Please do, because I um, started meditating this morning for the very first time. I'm pretty sure I sucked at it, but I want to start incorporating that more. And I was also um, looking at doing yoga classes. Um, I worked from home during the day at my other job. And so I thought, I'm just going to do yoga while I'm working. For real. It's the best. I'll send you like, I was in this video for like beginner's meditation. I think it's like the best video you can get on YouTube. Um, but yeah, meditation is so great. And so is yoga. And like, you just had, like, like, listen. I'm chunky, but like, I'm so like core strength. Like my, like yoga makes you so strong. Like it's, it's like, I genuinely. Oh, I love like that. Pinch through a wall. So I love like, that. It's the best, but, um, so we're going to move on to reading questions, um, which is usually okay. portion, but since her fucking Wi-Fi is being a bitch, I'll take your portion. I'll take that too. I'm so, so sorry. So sorry, Stevie. It's totally okay. She's gonna be so sad that she missed out on this. So anyways, um, has a book ever changed your life or your perspective on something? Um, okay. Yes. Uh, but does it have to be fiction? No. Um, I read this book, but I haven't finished it. I'm not going to lie because she goes through a, a big parenting section, which I think is very powerful and important. However, um, I just wasn't really feeling, so I didn't finish that portion of it, but I feel like maybe you've already read this. Oh, um, like it's called untamed by Glennon Doyle. No, never read it. Shut the fuck up! You have not read it? No! I'm not kidding you. Get that book tonight and start reading it. If the read first... If you I'll read, read it, it, we'll switch. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll fucking get it tonight and start reading it. I'm not even I'll kidding. Don't, don't play um, games. I'm not. I'm not. Okay, good. <laughs> um, it, I read it last year, and... um. It is about this woman. Who, do you know who Glennon Doyle is? Yeah. Okay, so you know kind of her story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's basically her story and where she came from, where obviously she was in this entire other relationship, whatnot. Anyway, the prologue of that fucking book made me cry. Oh. I read it and I sobbed my fucking eyes out and was like, there is something going on in my fucking life and I don't understand what it is. Yeah. Um, and I can't make sense of it. So I would say that book, um, not, not that it did necessarily, I'm not saying it like changed my life for the better, but I am saying that it forced me to look at things, um, in different ways. Yeah. Um, another book that I have read, um, that I've been reading right now is called from self-sabotage. Oh, from self-sabotage to self-mastery. No, that's not it. It's called The Mountain Is You, but it's about self-sabotage to self-mastery and why we make certain decisions we make and what yeah. our actual like core needs and core fears are and how our childhood trauma affects those things and why we make the decisions that we make. Because yeah. honestly, in 2020, when I was going through all of that, I made such poor decisions and I have tried to figure out why the fuck that was the way I dealt with everything you know what I mean yeah so I would say those books changed my life if there's a fiction book that oh okay I will say I've dnf'd every single book I've started since October the last books I read um was the motherfucking dusty duet by Mary Elizabeth and I think that don't she has my... don't read them I don't want don't you to read DNF them. don't don't read oh, them no. I don't you read any of my friends' books right now. I can't. I'm like, if I read anything right now, I'll end up DNFing it. So if I try to read something, it's by people I don't know at the moment. Because it's that. fucking hard. This is However, the thing. I don't read non-HEAs. I only read HEAs. Yeah, same. Um, well, but Mary Elizabeth, she tricked me. 
Oh, so see, like I have, okay, I do have a book releasing in September that I want you to read though, because it's dark romance. Tell like, me. I, t- I titter talk, like I haven't released the title or anything. It comes out tomorrow. Blogger sign has come out tomorrow. But like, uh, so I'll tell you about it off the podcast, but like I, it's- Okay, I was like, wait, tell me. It's a, no, you'll have to read it. It's a dark romance. And I think that you'll like it. It's a series that I'm starting. Cause I teeter from like, I think my lane is like, I write sports romance, but like, don't read it if you're looking to like laugh. Cause like making you cry, like, because every single book I've ever wrote probably deals with like some piece of my trauma. So like, they're not very like light and fluffy sports romances. Like these bitches go through some shit. Okay. Yep. So, yep. 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 Um, yeah, but I, I think my lane is just like edgy romance in general, and this is just darker, and it's not sports romance, so, and I think that's more of your vibe, so you should definitely check it out when it comes out. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Send me, tell me about it tonight, outside of the podcast, so I can hear about it, um, and I feel that so hard. I don't write, read funny books. Um, it's just like not, I just don't love funny books, um, and even when I wrote that sports romance, it still dealt with, spoiler alert, um, suicide and uh like alcohol addiction and whatnot because I was like I can't I tried to write something like I fucking couldn't yeah I know right same and okay so so when my reading journey started with like horror like Stephen King is the love of my life like I have like a tattoo like on my arm because of that oh yeah like he is like the literal love of my life so it started like he started my love of writing and the dedication to this new book I'm writing literally is to him like he'll never read it but it's like uh to Stephen King because of you I am so I obsessed with him and then from there like I just like reading angsty romance there's a book that you should read like later or whenever you get time um it's a it's a it's like a memoir and it's by an anonymous German author but you look it up on Amazon and it's called Diary of an Oxygen Thief it's amazing and it's literally about a guy who's talking about how he is basically like a serial killer of emotions like he loves breaking women's hearts hearts like he he talks about how he loves to like break people's like emotions like and how like he likes watching the life go out of their eyes and shit like that and I was like bro the prologue and I when I found it because I was on Tumblr I'm so into this it was like when Tumblr was big right and I found it on Tumblr and I was like oh I don't know if I like it and I started reading it and I was like shit dog that's the prologue fucks you up like the first line of the book and I'll never forget it because it changed my life forever it was the first line is I like to hurt girls mentally not physically and I was like bro what is this shit I'm reading but it's so good you should read it damn that oh there's a bug on my computer um um this is the thing about that I think I'd be so into it and in the sick toxic way where um I love feeling things so fucking much and I like crave I knew you would get it that it would be such a sick and twisted way like such a toxic way for me to fucking read that oh for sure for sure so yeah we're the same person immensely we're the same person so like what attracts you to a book is it the cover is it the blurb the recommendation from others um covers really suck me in I'm I'm like a real big sucker for covers so I would say a cover is the first thing I could read the blurb and it not even be spectacular um but if the cover is bomb I'll still try to read it I'm such um a- which I realize it, it it's true it's it's a bad way to look at it. I know, but I can't fucking help it. I really do love covers. And also I was a photographer for 10 years. So, um, like images 
are very inspiring to me. So if your cover's yeah. bomb, I'm like, I'm really Oh my God, up. I would give my left leg to see your Pinterest board because I know that shit is popping. What? My Pinterest boards are public. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh my God, oh, I'm going to follow you immediately. I know I'm going to follow you immediately. <laughs> I just know that your Pinterest boards are like popping. Oh my gosh, you are so funny. I know they are. Cause I, I, I like my Pinterest boards are like fucking ridiculously like organized and like very, like, like if the picture's great, but they doesn't match the vibe, like the colors don't match the vibe. It's not fucking going on my board. It's not going on my oh, board. Oh, wow. I'm not organized like that. I won't lie. I'm like, I, I'm so feeling. So if I feel the image, yeah. um, even if it doesn't match perfectly, I'm like, pen it, pen it, pen it. <laughs> like fucking 800 images. Absolutely. <laughs> So what are some of your favorite authors to read? Um, okay, when, when I'm actually reading, reading, I would say my top two are always Alma Jones and um, Penelope Douglas. I fucking love their books. What? Oh my God. Yes, queen. Yes. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Penelope Douglas. Oh my fucking Jesus. So yeah. you read yeah, yeah, yeah. assuming, right? Devil's Night, did you say? Yeah, the Devil's Night series. You've read it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so like, oh my, yeah, okay. It's, yeah, I'm going to talk to you later after this podcast. But like, yes, I love, I fucking love her, bro. I love Have her. you read Punk 57? Oh, absolutely. Misha is like. That was my favorite read. Hmm. Oh my gosh, so good. It, it, that book was my favorite read of, um, I think I read it in 2020. That and also Amma's um, In Peace Lies Havoc. I was like, shit, I'm here for for this fucking circus oh, yeah. it's the best they're there i love i love both i love ammo jones too i love both of them they're phenomenal yeah um so do you prefer e-reader or physical copies uh e-readers i i know that's horrible i hardly have any paperbacks i like both if i like the like e-readers are just so much like it's so easy to one click right so if yeah. i like if i like the cover and i like the actual book itself i'll buy it i'll buy the book yes like sometimes if i'm feeling very trigger happy and i scrolled through instagram and i saw i was like literally in love with i was like oh my god i'm buying it i don't even know i've never even read the book i have never even read the blurb but it's on my shelf and it's romance and it's by claire Contreras. so shout out to you claire because fables and other lies that cover is beautiful and i still have yet oh to oh my Okay, I you're gonna have to send me a picture of it because there is an author I do not know who it is, but her book covers have been blowing my mind lately. Show me if it's it might be this one. Okay, wait, I love that. It, that's not the one I'm talking about, but I love that cover, and I have seen that around. Right, right, right. So beautiful, yeah. No, but I don't know the this other author you're talking about. I haven't. Do you know who it is? No, but when I see her cover pop up in my feed, I'll send it to you next time because she pops up in my feeds pretty frequently. And I'm, it's like the girl by the sea or something like that. Okay. That's okay. the name of, I think. I'm gonna look it I up. could be wrong. Look oh, it up and tell me. I'm looking it up. Is it uh, illustrated? Mm, maybe. Does it, is it like I a girl know. reaching down to another girl in the water? No, I don't think it's the right one. Okay, that might not be the name of the book. I could probably just fuck that up. I'll look it. I'll I'll keep looking. Is it the girl the sea gave back? <gasps> yes, maybe it's that one where it's like a girl standing in the water and she's got like reaching for an arrow. Yeah, 
Yes. Yeah, that's badass. That's badass. All of her books, all of her books, not even just that one. She has the other books that, that she's written. I don't know what any of them are about. Uh, the covers are fucking, she has like one with a girl in red hair. I literally just saw beautiful. It. Namesake. Oh, so beautiful. So pretty. So pretty. Okay, so now we're, because sadly we are at the last portion of the podcast, um, which sucks because oh, I could literally talk to you for like nine hours. Um, so this is trope questions. It's our favorite portion. Um, so what is your favorite trope to write and why? You can be as specific or as non-specific as you'd like. Um, I love writing enemies to lovers. That's like, that's generally my my go-to, honestly. I would say that um, Rupi and Aura were my first like um, instant connection that they had. Yeah. Um, but even that, they had this entire like enemies stint at the beginning as well, where, you know, Ruby's doing her thing that she's fucking doing and yeah. Aura's de- denying it. And then they're angry and they hate each other for a hot second. Um, I'm just really into the anger at first, I think. <laughs> Same. Well, I feel like you learn a lot about somebody when they're angry. Like you learn more about somebody when they're mad, like in their habits and how they react to situations more than you would if you're like, oh, what's your favorite color? And, you know, like, what do you like to do? Like on a first date, like you learn a lot about like core values of a person when they're mad. So yeah, Everybody yeah, absolutely. Everybody- absolutely. So what is one trope you would eventually like to write? One that I would eventually like to write. One that I would eventually like to write. (laughs) Maybe, maybe I would uh, at some point write um, either forced, forced marriage. Is that what it's called? Is that what the trope is called? Marriage. Yes, or also um, like fake girlfriend, fake boyfriend kind of a thing. I might, I might write that. Huh? That, that's a vibe. I love those books. I love those books. Yeah. Okay, so tough one. Usually authors have a tough one with this one. What is a, what is a book, a trope you'll never write? Oh my gosh, fucking uh, accidental pregnancy. No. I've got no interest in flip, that. Dude, she's gonna flip. Oh God. She's why be, that's her favorite trope like uh secret oh pregnancy. my guys baby what favorite it's her favorite trope and i does she have kids no i think it's because i already have i already have a daughter and so i'm like the thing is, is that i want to write what i haven't experienced yeah so i mean so let- I mean, I think she does a really great job of explaining why she likes it. And don't be wrong. Like, I definitely, definitely, like, understand. And, like, I mean, I've read secret pregnancy tropes. It's just not something that I, like, seek out. Um, but I don't know. She does a really good job of explaining of why she likes it so much. It's just not. It's not my thing. Tell me why. I wish she was here that she could tell me why she loves it. And and I can see the, the um, like, appeal to it, okay? Don't get me wrong. Obviously, I love kids. And I love babies. And I think that that would be you know i mean i i'm trying really hard to say i could i could really love that but i can't i can't we're we're floating in the same boat right now we're rowing together we're (laughs) rowing together i tried i'm sorry (laughs) fine it's fine i mean like it's fine. I feel like I'm really happy that there's like, I mean, there we've had like other dark romance authors who have said similar and stuff like that, but it's like, we also have like non-dark romance authors. 
And it's like every single time it's like, what trope will you never write? They're like reverse harem. And I'm like, fuck, that's like my one of my favorite fucking tropes. Oh, really? I will say that I probably also would not re- write reverse harem. However, I have had people, um, well, do you know who R.L. Calder is? Yeah. I told her that I would write, I in a very quick moment, I told her I would write a reverse harem with her if there was um, another female in the harem. Yeah. I'd be good with that. But I have a hard time reading. I don't like reading reverse harem, actually. I know. Are you shocked? So Cassie does your covers, right? Oh, yeah. And have you read her reverse harem series? No, I don't seek out reverse harem. I did. I had a very short period of time when I did. Um, I have all three of these fucking books. These, first of all, the covers are phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. These books are so fucking good. So good. I'm sure they are. My, my, my issue with reverse harem is that um i feel like i never have enough time to get attached to one of the guys so i end up not getting like if i want a light read where i'm not totally lost in the story then i can read that you know um and also i really like jealousy possessive vibes and books and i feel like i don't ever get that in reverse harem because they all have to share her listen to me listen to me you okay so I, oh my god okay okay you need to, this is stressing it's giving me hype it's making me hyper these books and that's what i love about cat like don't be wrong like i like reverse harems like for a light read too you know because it's like they're awesome whatever however these books do that like that's what's so great about cassie's reverse harem series is that it's like it's a full series right she has like multiple books and each book, each of the boys get their own POV. Like you have a different POV of a guy in every single book. Like Colt has her POV. Oh, really? Yeah. So you get to you get to go like in depth with each of the boys in the harem, which is what I absolutely fucking adore. I love it. Okay. I love each of them for their own reasons. And not to mention the fact that there are, I want to say like two of them that are, I'm guessing, bisexual. So it's not like it's all about Colt sometimes. So it's, it's great. It's fantastic. And they're all possessive assholes. Like they're all, and I think what Cassie does great is that they're all very possessive over Colt in their own ways. Like, okay. Each of them own a piece of her in some form or another. So I love that. And I, I'm so interested in that. I'll have to check that out. Um, because that is literally, those are the reasons why I shy away from, um, fucking, rh because i don't feel like i get the connection that i want out of it and um the like possessive jealousy that i want out of it we've literally talked so long and it's now dark outside of you <laughs> it is it is dark that's true okay I, mean, so I should probably move closer to the light this is the last question before i'm gonna let you talk okay. about yourself and i'm also gonna guess your zodiac sign um oh! And I'm, I feel really confident in this one, mostly just because we have, we have a connection and I feel very like strongly that this sign. Okay, wait. What? Is it the same sign as you? Is it the same sign as you? No, no, no. But this, I have a very, 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 very good feeling because this sign is like, like every single person who's ever very, really, like really close in my life is this sign. Like I, I just, I have a very, very good inclination of what it is. They Wait, just, I'm gonna be so sad if it's not. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be so sad if it isn't. If it's not, then that's gonna suck. That's gonna suck. But it's okay. I feel like we're gonna break up at that point. No, I mean that we can't. I mean, I mean 
I mean, as long as like your moon is something compatible, we're fine. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So, sure. All right, your last question is, if you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story? Oh, it would be enemies to lovers, probably. It would it would be like Ruby and Aura enemies to lovers. Um, because I'd want someone to really hate me for a little bit. Yeah. And um then we have like the hottest, craziest, most like anger-filled, desperate sex of my life. That's that would be my ideal book. Oh my god. I'm like All right. where either they're hitting me or I'm hitting them. Like <laughs> that sounds so bad. It's but fun. not in like a bad way. You know what I mean? You just need to like you just need to find somebody that you really dislike and then just go after them. That's what you need to do. Oh. That's what you need to do. It's that's fucking hard. That's difficult, honestly. <laughs> okay, so um, I think, okay, oh my God, now I'm nervous. Now I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Okay. Are you either a Virgo or a Sagittarius? <laughs> oh my God, are you neither? Which no! One? Which one? Which one do you think I am? Okay, so like, I feel like you have either, okay, either you're a Virgo, you're a Virgo with an ascendant sign in a, in, in a fire in fire because your personality is really like bright and bold and that's like the first values that you see of a person when you see their ascendant sign like my ascendant sign is in a fire sign and I'm also a fire sign so whatever but I I think you're a Virgo with an ascendant in, in Sagittarius or like Aries I am ah! yes I fucking knew it oh my god I knew it oh yes listen to me Virgo and so I'm a Leo. Leo and I love Leo. Right? Right? Okay, listen to me. And then I'm going to be very specific. I'm going to get very specific with people and it's fine. So, okay. September Virgos and I get along great. Like uh Shauna's a September Virgo, right? Like we vibe. We're great. I love Shauna. Okay. But August Virgos and August Leos are the coolest fucking connection ever. Like my best friend since childhood is a Virgo. My mom is a Virgo. My aunt Lala is a Virgo. Like everybody that I've ever had like a really strong connection with has been a Virgo. So. Wow. Okay. So I am in August. I'm August 28th is my birthday. Okay. Um, and I'm some, some, one of my things is Sagittarius. I can't remember which one. <laughs> I feel like the other one is Aries, honestly, but I could be wrong. I haven't written down though. Um, this girl did a whole, do you know who the damn fine Sam is on bookstagram? No. Oh my gosh. She's so cool. You'll have to check her out, but she did an entire chart reading for me. Oh. Um, and like knows what? I could have done that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you could have. No, I mean, it, she told you like where your Mars and your Jupiter and your Saturn and all of that is right. Yeah, yeah. So she hasn't written down for me. So I know I have them written down somewhere um so I will find them and send them to you but I do have I think if I remember correctly I have a lot of like fire placements yeah um I can tell because my therapist says that's why I like to fuck things up a bit because I don't like to settle down for too long <laughs> I can tell. it's fine we're very destructive creatures it's fine so like I'm a Leo ascendant and I'm a Leo sun and then I'm a Virgo moon so I am just really like Fuck, yeah, I am. And I was also born on August the 13th, which I think has like a Friday the 13th. So I think that has something to do with it <laughs> some way. So every wow. single time. Yeah, since I was a kid, my Aunt Lala always said that Friday the 13th were like my special day. And so every single Friday the 13th, I blow out a candle, like even if it's not my birthday. And 
So this coming birthday, I will have had, this is my first Friday the 13th birthday since I was born. Wow, that is so cool. The vibes are going to be immaculate, immaculate. Wow, I'm why, here for that. I think it's why I get along with Virgo so well is because my moon is in that. And it's like, I get why you need to be a stubborn asshole sometimes. Because so do I. So That is so funny. It's fine. Um, I'm really attracted to Virgos. Like, I, I, it's shocking me. I'm like, I don't understand it. Why I'm like drawn to people who are also Virgos. I kid you not, I was going to ask you earlier if you were a Virgo. No, I'm a Leo. I'm an August Leo. But I also love Leos. I love Leos. Oh, we're fabulous. I'm just kidding. No, I have crippling anxiety. So it's fine. Um, I feel that. No, That's great. Um, no, I think Virgo and Virgo combinations, the reason that you're so attracted to Virgos is because A, their work ethic is out of this fucking world. And B, usually nine times out of 10, whether they're faking it or not, they have like a very like confident vibe. So mm, yeah. That makes sense, honestly. I'm such a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right, so that is sadly the end of our podcast. However, I will leave this space for you to talk for a few minutes about a uh, new release coming up or what you have going on and that kind of thing and where people can find you. So the floor is yours. Okay, I don't have any like really solid new release coming up. I'm still trying to decide if I'm going to be putting out another FF next or if I'm going to be finishing um, run. It, it really just depends on what ends up coming out of me as I start writing it. Um, but what if you want to find me anywhere, what? What stage of grief you're in? Because I feel like vibe, vibe was denial and then a hush was anger. So I feel like we're now going to bargaining. <laughs> oh shit. Now I'm going to think of like, what can I, what story can I incorporate that into honestly you have bargaining and then you have hold up what is a five stage degree it's like anger uh denial bargaining depression and acceptance oh Jesus Christ I feel like this is gonna be a, a difficult fucking <laughs> process but uh, this sounds good honestly this is great um so yeah, I'm not exactly sure what's coming next. I'm taking the next two weeks off of writing to try and really figure out what I'm going to be putting out next. Um, and if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at Liza James Author. You can also find me on Facebook at Liza James Author as well, but Instagram is primarily where I'm at and TikTok. And I think that my TikTok is Liza James Auth, A U T H. And that's it. I could be wrong about that. It might be Liza James Author, but. Um, those are really the places that I'm chilling most of the time. All right, cool. So thank you so much for joining us. This has been a roller coaster of a fucking podcast, bro. So thank you. This has been great. You've been awesome. And uh, wish you all the best with like everything you have coming up and all that good jazz. And I can't wait to come to Oregon so you can make me tea. Yes, thank you so much, dude. Thank you for having me. Um, Stevie, I wish that you were still here hanging out with us, but I appreciate you guys so much. And this was such an awesome conversation. So thank you. So welcome. All right. And cut.